Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and it's time for Focus. Today, we have special guest Dina O'Neill, the executive chair of the Walk to End Alzheimer's for Rutherford County. So we're going to talk today about Alzheimer's and what it is, who it affects, and what we can do about it. Welcome, Dina. Thank you so much. Okay, uh, let's just kind of start from scratch, because you've worked with the Alzheimer's Association for a long time. I have volunteered for several years. Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's impacted my family tremendously. I lost two grandparents, an uncle, and currently have an aunt dealing with the disease Mm -hmm. on the personal side. But then I also worked as a professional with Alzheimer's patients as a speech therapist. Oh, wow. So I've seen kind of both sides of the disease in that term Mm -hmm. and know how desperately these resources are needed Mm -hmm. by families. You mentioned you lost family members to Alzheimer's. Is it fatal? It is. There is currently no cure for this disease. Mm -hmm. Now, the exciting news is in the last year, we have had two medications approved by the FDA, one on emergency approval, but one with regular FDA approval, lecanemab. And that is a drug that in the mild cognitive phase, kind of that early phase of the disease, it can prolong that phase. So it really gives that person longer time at home, Mm -hmm. longer time with their family, and an opportunity to possibly be there in those earlier stages for one day when that treatment and that cure can be found. Oh, my goodness. Would you mind explaining kind of the progression of Alzheimer's? Uh, Because you mentioned uh, speech therapy. So where does that come in? What is the progression? What happens and and where does that happen? As a speech therapist, that's what I did in my first career. And I would come in in more of that moderate phase. There's mild, there's moderate, and then there's the late phase of the disease. Mm -hmm. And in the moderate phase and in the mild phase, you start to have trouble with language, with your words being able to hear yourself use the wrong word, Mm -hmm. to have an inability to pull that vocabulary word you've used a million times in your lifetime, and this time you're unable to communicate with it. Things like that. I would work with patients on that. I would also work with them more in the later stages on maybe feeding therapy, As they progress through that later stage, Mm -hmm. they start to lose the ability to swallow sometimes. And I would work with them with swallowing therapy, using food, their meal, Mm -hmm. you know, like lunch. Mm -hmm. And I would help them exercise those muscles to try and keep or possibly regain a little strength, Mm -hmm. that type of a thing. How can you exercise swallowing muscles just by doing it? There are a lot of exercises that can be done to strengthen those muscles, just like you think of singers when they warm up. Oh. It's similar things like that. You would use those exercises, those what seem to be silly sounds, Mm -hmm. to move certain muscles in a certain progression, kind of a little bit of bodybuilding for the mouth. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You can kind of think of it that way. So the progression starts off as what? As mild And so um, the Alzheimer's Association, who the walk is through, actually has a handout that's available on their website, alz.org. 
and it's called the 10 Warning Signs of Alzheimer's, How to Identify and Address Concerns. And so they go through, and what I love about this handout, it's not a handout I want to read. It's not a happy topic. Yeah. But what I love about it is they tell you what the warning sign is, and then as a comparison, they give you an example of what a typical age-related change would be that might be similar. I know that sometimes um, I have a family member who will say, oh, my wife, she forgot where her keys are. She's got Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. No, let's talk about this. Did she remember she lost her keys? Well, yes. Okay. Was she able to walk back her steps and problem solve where the keys were? Well, yes. Probably not Alzheimer's in that instance, if that's the only thing you can think of. So that's probably an age-related. An age-related thing, yes. So some, as an example of the things that they say are the warning signs of Alzheimer's, would be memory loss that disrupts daily life. It's one of the most common signs of Alzheimer's disease, especially in the early stage. Mm -hmm. It's forgetting recently learned information. Others include forgetting important dates or events, asking the same questions repeatedly, Mm -hmm. and increasingly needing to rely on memory aids, like reminder notes, or your phone, an electronic device, or family members for things the person used to handle on their own. Mm -hmm. Now, a typical age-related change would be sometimes forgetting names or appointments, but remembering them later. Oh, So you miss, say, a doctor's appointment, Mm -hmm. but an hour later you're like, oh, rats, I forgot. I had a doctor's appointment. I've missed it. It's not just completely gone. No. And what do you do about that if you have a loved one who is experiencing that, for example? You want to start and, and really look at all of these warning signs. It's things like challenges in planning or solving problems, mm. difficulty in completing familiar tasks, confusion with time or place, trouble understanding visual images and spatial relationships. Like, what would, how would that present itself? Uh, when driving, an inability to judge distance. Oh. That would be a spatial relationship. Suddenly slamming on the brakes. Thinking somebody's about to be in your lane and they're actually three yeah. car lengths away. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, new problems with words in speaking or writing. Uh, misplacing things and losing the ability to retrace steps, which I mentioned in yeah. my example. Mm-hmm. Decreased or poor judgment. Like about what? My grandmother, uh, my mom got a call and it was 4 a.m., Her sister called and said, the police have just left. They brought mom to me. She had turned on the stove in her apartment for warmth. Oh, boy. Thinking that was the heat, that that was the heat dial. Yeah. And then proceeded to walk out of the apartment in her pajamas, no robe, and walk down the middle of the road. Oh, no. To go to the store. Yeah. At 2 a.m. So, poor judgment. Mm Mm-hmm. Not having time and place, yeah. all of those things. You want multiples of these things to start adding up. It's not just one of these mm-hmm. and you're there. It is you're starting to see multiples of these things kind of start bubbling to the surface. 
And then the best recommendation I would give is speak to your primary care physician. You want to talk to them. That yearly physical is a good thing because it's giving a baseline of behavior and ability. Right. My sister and I both go to neurologists every year to get a baseline. We know our family history, so we know it's a concern. So I go every year. He runs me through a bunch of different tests. It might be as simple as I'm going to say five words at the beginning of the appointment. Right. Before you leave the appointment, I'm going to ask you to repeat the words. Now, he no longer asks me that because I can't do that. And I've never been able to do that. It's not an age-related thing. It's that I can't remember that many words <laughs> over a space of time. Oh, my. But it, that's an example of a common question that would be asked during a screening. Right. They're also going to run a lot of blood tests, do a very, very thorough workup. Because they're having to rule out everything else. Is it diabetes? Is it Parkinson's? Is it, it could be any number of other things Mm -hmm. that share similar characteristics. Mm -hmm. Because Alzheimer's currently does not have a blood test or some type of an evaluation like that that's definitive. Yes or no, is this Alzheimer's? It is an observational diagnosis by Ruling out all of these things. So when I asked my neurologist in my initial appointment, how do you determine the diagnosis of Alzheimer's? He said, I have to rule everything else out first. And that's what we're left with. Wow. That's at that point, they start doing cognitive testing. And that may be repeated over time to see, is there a decline Mm. in your cognitive ability? Yeah. So it's a lot of different things. Now, The exciting thing is the Alzheimer's Association, who sponsors the Walked Into Alzheimer's, is pouring millions and millions of dollars into research. Currently in the state of Tennessee, there are 33 different researchers receiving funds from the Alzheimer's Association to do research studies and clinical trials. And as a result, not just in Tennessee, but across the United States, As a result, there are clinical trials out there that are trialing some tests to be able to more definitively say, is this Alzheimer's or not? Wow. Now, we have to wait for those to come through the trials to see how they do. Yeah. But it gives us hope that we are one step closer Mm -hmm. to finding that because it's very difficult to treat a disease When you cannot definitively say Mm -hmm. yes or no, you have this disease. And if you can definitively identify the disease as Alzheimer's. Yes. Then perhaps we'll know what triggers it and what to work on. And treatments and so forth, because there's different types of dementia. You know, are we accurately diagnosing the correct dementia? I want to remind you, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus, and we're talking with Dina O'Neill, the executive chair of the Walk to End Alzheimer's for Rutherford County. Now, the walk is coming up. What date? It is October 28th, a Saturday morning at Siegel High School. Okay, and we'll put that information on our Focus Facebook page. Now, let's talk about the different types of dementia. So if you have dementia, you don't necessarily have Alzheimer's. Correct. So think of it like you would cancer. Cancer is an umbrella term. Underneath the word cancer, you would have 
breast cancer, prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer, skin cancer, a variety. Right. So when you think of dementia, dementia is the umbrella term. Mm -hmm. Underneath that, Alzheimer's is a type of dementia. I had an uncle who had Lewy body dementia. It's another type of dementia. There is frontal temporal lobe dementia, which Bruce Willis is diagnosed with. So there are a variety of dementias Mm -hmm. out there. Alzheimer's is the most frequently diagnosed dementia, Mm -hmm. which is why you hear about it more. Can you kind of give us an idea of what the difference is when we hear about Lewy body? Isn't that what Robin Williams had? Yes, it is. So each... Each dementia has different characteristics. They also have very similar characteristics. So my uncle was initially diagnosed with Alzheimer's because of the family history. Mm. It made sense. Like to, to the doctors, this round peg fit in this round hole. Right. But as they continued to evaluate him, they came to realize it wasn't Alzheimer's. It was Lewy body dementia. So what you've got Parkinson's, yeah. you know, there's, there's all different types of dementia. All of them are different in terms of how they're impacting you neurologically, how they're impacting your systems throughout your body, different parts of the brain, things of that nature. So frontal temporal lobe dementia, it's talking about that front of the brain. Um, Which controls. It can control behavior. It can control controls the social skills it controls some language you've got language kind of scattered throughout the brain in different centers but that is one area of language in that section so if somebody say had a stroke Mm -hmm. and the stroke was in the frontal temporal lobe and they end up with a diagnosis of aphasia which is a language disorder Mm -hmm. The inability to use language correctly, Mm -hmm. the inability to have those words. That's what Bruce Willis has. Now, his, I don't know how he developed his, Mm -hmm. but he did end up with that diagnosis of the frontal temporal lobe Mm -hmm. with aphasia, and that is a form of dementia. So it's all very nuanced. And because this disease dementia as a whole impacts people differently in so many different ways it's a little difficult to say well the characteristics are this and the characteristics are that you could have three people side by side with a diagnosis of alzheimer's and all three of them be impacted in different ways like it is quite possible abilities or verbal skills or all of memory yes yes it's it's very Interesting, and I, I think that's made it a little more difficult in terms of figuring out this disease. Yeah. Because it doesn't necessarily walk like a duck and talk like a duck to be a duck. Right. You know? Yeah. Well said. <laughs> Very well said. After the determination of a specific type of dementia, yes. are the treatments different? They're different depending upon a variety of factors. One, where you live. What's available to you? Oh. So we are very, very lucky to have Vanderbilt University here and the hospital. And they do research into Alzheimer's. And they have an Alzheimer's center at the hospital. If you go in, you may see the signs when you go in. And they have a lot of clinical trials, a lot of medications, 
a lot of doctors who are specifically trained in this disease Mm -hmm. to be able to help you. But if you are like my mother's parents, my grandparents, they lived in farming community USA in the middle of Kansas where the nearest major hospital was over two hours away. Oh, wow. The nearest research hospital was farther away than that, where in their community, and by community I mean multiple counties, they had the only nursing home in the surrounding counties available in their town. They had one, which my grandmother was the cook at. Oh, my gosh. And my grandfather ended up admitted to. And then once he passed away, and then she eventually became diagnosed herself, she became a patient where she had worked for years. Mm -hmm. It can be very difficult on the families in addition to the patient themselves. Of course. They call it the long goodbye for a reason. That person physically is still there, but the essence of that person is slipping away. Yeah. And that's the hard part for the families left behind. You can go in every day and greet this person. And over time, they slowly stop recognizing you Mm -hmm. or call you by somebody else's name. So maybe call my mom one of the sister's names or one of her own sister's names, Mm -hmm. one of my mom's aunt's names, Mm -hmm. if they maybe bear a resemblance. Right. So it can be difficult. My sister has just been diagnosed with aphasia. Mm-hmm. progressive, severe, progressive aphasia. Yes. And it started with her forgetting words, trying to pull up a specific word and not being able to get to it. And now it's progressed to the point where she says she can't read anymore. She just really can't make out the words. She'll start a little bit and then she, it doesn't make any sense to her. And she says she's also has hearing loss. And that's common with dementia for hearing loss to be combined. And that's honestly one important thing to talk about you know there are a lot of seniors out there and I have family members who are in this boat who have hearing loss who absolutely do not want to wear that hearing aid yeah I'm not old I'm not going to wear this hearing aid right but it's impacting their language and it's impacting their vocabulary and they're starting to lose those things oh wow and so we've had to be kind of a little tough with them a little tough love mm-hmm. and say no we, we need to do this, and here's why. And just keep sharing with them. I need you to do this. It's mm-hmm. the best way for us to talk. Does hearing loss come with dementia, or does it help contribute to it? The research suggests that it could possibly contribute to it to be one of those many factors. Mm-hmm. But again, we're kind of in that age of discovery um, yeah. where they're still they're tr- – trying to still kind of figure things out. Um, The real exciting thing has been when I started with the Alzheimer's Association, there were no medications that treated the disease itself. Wow. And so I would get very choked up. I'm the mom of two boys, two young adults, and I would tell people the reason I'm so passionate is not only because I have walked side by side with patients that I've worked with, but had family members I've watched slowly disappear through this disease. And I don't want my own children to have to live that life themselves with me one day, potentially. Mm -hmm. 
Well, now that we have this medication, lecanemab, it's a game changer. It gives us hope. There's hope in the future that we can come up with better treatments. There are more medications in clinical trials right now as we talk. There's hope that they continue to come out. And then eventually when we get some more medications coming out, then we're going to see some combination therapies start to begin. This drug treats it specifically this way. Mm -hmm. This other drug treats it a different way. Let's combine them and treat both. Oh, wow. Kind of a bigger impact, Mm -hmm. so to say. So we're really in an exciting time of treatment with this disease. If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus, and we're talking with Dina O'Neill, the executive chair of the Walk to End Alzheimer's for Rutherford County. She's a volunteer chair. She does this because she believes this is important, and uh, that's why she's here today. So tell us about the walk and fundraisers like this to raise money for the Alzheimer's Association. I'd love to. So the Alzheimer's Association provides free resources to the community. It provides it to businesses in addition to families because employees are dealing with this disease and it impacts businesses in certain ways. All of these resources, things like a 1-800 number, it's 1-800-272-3900 is offered by the association. It's available 24 hours a day. And instead of trying to remember that, you can go to alz.org. Yes. Okay, and get all the info you need there. Okay. It is staffed by master's level clinicians who can help in almost 200 languages to give tips, ideas, suggestions, what neurologists are in your zip code, all of those things. All of those resources, educational classes we provide for free, things like that. It costs money. Yeah. Research costs money. Sure. We raise that money through a couple of different fundraising opportunities, one being the Walk to End Alzheimer's. That's kind of our biggest fundraiser. Mm -hmm. So we all come together across the United States in the months of September through October. All the walks pick different days, depending on your space available in your community. Okay. We come together and we call it the biggest support group of the year because you're surrounded by people who are being impacted currently or have been impacted by this disease. And it's really powerful to be surrounded by others because this is a disease that isolates. It isolates not only the patient themselves, but the caregivers at home. It's a very tough road to hoe. You have to spend so much time and effort and emotion in trying to help your loved one that it can just feel very lonely. And so to be there around others who are going through it or have been through it can be so uplifting. So we usually meet on a Saturday morning in a community space. For us, it's Siegel High School. Mm-hmm. I really want to thank Rutherford County Schools for allowing us the opportunity to use this space. And we meet in the morning and we all register Um, If you haven't registered already online, I would recommend online registration at alz.org. Okay. Look for the walks. Oh, good. And then you kind of check in, and then we usually have a short ceremony, 15, maybe 20 minutes max. Yeah. But the ceremony is really full of emotions. It's not just, hey, we're here. This is why we're here. 
we have a little ceremony that's part of it where we have different flowers that represent where you are in terms of this disease. Mm -hmm. So the white flower is held for that very first person who eventually receives the very first cure of the disease. So it's a sign of hope. Mm -hmm. We have other flowers that represent, I lost a loved one to the disease. There's another flower where I care for somebody with this disease. Those would be purple and orange. Mm -hmm. I have both of those. Oh, yeah. Um, And then we have a flower. I have no personal connection, but I support my community in this way. And so we, we slowly go through and we talk about each flower and everybody's holding one up. They're kind of like a wind spinner. Yeah. And it's just astonishing to have 800 plus people gathered together in a space and it's dead silent. And all you hear is the circling of these wind spinners Yeah, as people slowly hold them up and you see people around you who are right there with you. And then we release everybody to walk and they walk around the route that's marked out. And in the space, we also have tents up where you can find out more about educational programs that are offered for free in your community. Or if you have a business and you'd like to host ones for, say, your clients, your employees, you can talk to somebody that day and find out more about it. Okay. Um, they'll talk to you about the hotline, clinical trials, all the things. Yeah. And then we have other community supporters who also have their tents who share their information about how they can help in terms of the disease. How, uh, like so, what? How could they help? Like home care or? Home health care, things of that nature. We have different sponsors of the walk, and so they'll have tents. So, for example, one big sponsor for our walk is Trust Point Hospital. Okay. They have been a long-term supporter of this walk, who we are very, very grateful for. We have um, Holloway Accounting. They're a new sponsor of our walk. They've jumped in both feet, ready to go. And um, they talk about different ways that this impacts them. So the hospital They treat people with Alzheimer's who Mm -hmm. need a medication adjustment. They are not a long-term solution like a assisted living might be with memory care facilities. Holloway Accounting, they are going to be running into people who are doing some long-range financial planning maybe. Right. So how do I plan my money for the future to care for me if and when this occurs to me? Yeah. So we have a variety of sponsors like that who jump in both feet. We also have some national teams like NHC who are located right in Murfreesboro, which is there. It's a assisted living national healthcare. Okay. And so their corporate headquarters are located in Murfreesboro. And so they're a huge supporter of us also. And we're just so grateful for that, for their, their time and um, their energy. Yeah. Honestly, because they are the ones who keep us going. All of these people who jump in and want to be a part of this and want to help raise money, they keep us going. Because you get you you kind of run down, you kind of wind down when you deal with it all the time, don't you? A little bit. A little bit. But we're doing it for the right reasons. We're doing it because we want to support our community. Mm-hmm. We want to say I want to help and this is how we're choosing to do it. Yeah. 
So if you feel led to take part in the walk, you can go to alz.org for Alzheimer's organization, alz.org. Get information about the walks in various communities. You can probably also give online. You can give online. So if you go to alz.org slash walk, W-A-L-K, you'll enter in your zip code. Okay. And it will tell you the nearest walks to your area. Okay. If you want more information about Rutherford County, just put that zip code in and it will pull up the walk. You just click and when the walk comes up, there are two big buttons right at the top. One of them says, I want to register a team. We would love to have you out at the walk. (laughs) And the other one says, make a donation. Nice. And you can make a donation there. Good. Anything else that I've neglected to ask that you feel is important to add that people need to know about? You know, I would say really get on that website and look. It is so deeply full of different resources that are available. Things like Healthy Living for the Brain and Body, where they talk about getting quality sleep, be smoke-free, take care of your mental health, get moving, eat healthy, challenge yourself to learn new skills, stay connected socially. Talking is a very complex activity for the brain. Mm -hmm. And so just sitting here, you and I talking, we're exercising our brains significantly. And it's a good thing for our brains to do. So just take care of yourself and you'll find ways at that website. Yes, you will. Okay, that's alz.org. Good information on our Focus Facebook page as well. Thank you, Dina. Thank you. Dina O'Neill, the executive chair of the Walked and Alzheimer's for Rutherford County. More info on our Focus Facebook page. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.